With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That famous star-spangled banner rings across the SEN airwaves and the SEN studios across Australia, or where from wherever you're listening to the overnight crowd. Paul Sebastiani here with you. That song means it's time for one man to join us on the SEN airwaves. It's a big American sports segment here in the final hour of the program, and joining us on the line, like he always does, it's Mr. Chris Perkins over in the states. A very good morning to you, Chris. Well, good good morning. It is a rainy morning, Monday morning here in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, it is cold. It is miserable. It is typical January. <laughs> I'm sure you're used to it by now. <laughs> uh, and plus, I've been up for the last four hours. It is 9 a.m. I had to be up at 5 this morning. So, yeah, it's going to be a long day for me. Yes, the commitments we've got to commit. Uh, we've got to commit to our uh, to our work, and we've got to commit to to our lives, basically. And if that means getting up early to to get it done, well, well, so be it. Uh, okay, uh, where do we start, Chris? Because uh, we've got NFL games and playoff games to get through. We've got a huge game to get into, mm-hmm. which is coming up uh, midday uh, our time here in Melbourne, twelve uh, fifteen p.m. Australian Eastern. Daylight saving time, Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. But uh, shall we start off with uh, with what's occurred in the NFL playoff so far? Yeah, I, I, this weekend uh, the, we've had five wild card games. Yep, we've had four really good ones, and even the one that wound up being a blowout, it was a game at halftime. Mm. So I, we, we've had a great weekend uh, of basically wall to wall excitement. These these first five wild card games. And, you know, as you mentioned, we're uh, 10 hours and uh, about 12 minutes away from kickoff uh, of the most important game of the weekend, at least to our host, uh, because it's his Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cowboys are what, two and a half point favorites coming into tonight. Yes. Uh, Despite the fact they're the road team. Mm Mm-hmm. Intriguing. So nervous. <laughs> are are you are how ner- uh, scale of one to ten nervous? Uh well, I'm usually in my seat for this segment, but I've just I'm standing up and I'm doing the old like left foot <laughs> forward, right foot forward, left foot forward, right foot forward. I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of I'm very, very confident. I think Dallas uh, are absolute Monty's to win this. I can't see us losing. I think we are I think we're unbeatable, to be honest. But uh, you, you know, my form on this is all right at the moment, Chris, because I declared Argentina in the World Cup. That That's a big, fat green tick. Uh, a handful of my best bets for the races have uh, got up over the last couple of weeks. So doing well. I'm actually yet to... 
actually yet to declare anything and it go pear-shaped. But it's fraught with danger declaring the Dallas Cowboys, even though I love them. Uh, but uh, I, I like I like playing on the edge, Chris. I like playing with danger. Okay, so so you're you're stating a, a declaration that there is no doubt the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game. A- absolutely no doubt in my mind. <laughs> okay, well I want to. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story now, Paul. Okay, sit back, <laughs> grab some popcorn. Hold on, wait, hold on. Let me let me just adjust my seat here in the studio so I don't. Hold on a minute, one sec. Okay, all right, I've sat down. Yeah, now. okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you how it can go pear shaped. Okay, okay, tell me. Tell me. Uh, twenty one years, twenty one years ago, I was doing breakfast radio in Yuma, Arizona. Now you have an advantage. You are off for the next three nights. Yes. The next time you crack a microphone is going to be Friday night. That's correct. All right. <laughs> Long way past this game. I made the mistake twenty one years ago doing breakfast radio in Yuma, Arizona. <laughs> the St. Louis Rams, my football team, we were world beaters. We were the greatest show on turf. 14 and 2 home field throughout the NFC playoffs. We had rolled. We destroyed Green Bay in the divisional round. Brett Favre threw six interceptions. We handled our business against Andrew Reid and the, and the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC championship game. We're rolling into the Super Bowl as a 14 and a half point favorite against the New England Patriots and Tom Brady before he became Tom Brady. All right. He had just taken over as the starter that season in New England when Drew Bledsoe went down. We were going to roll the Patriots at the Superdome. And I spent the entire time between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl that year saying how the Rams were going to destroy the Patriots. And I came up with clever, unique. I tried to come up with a new one every day uh, of, of just how much the Rams were going to annihilate the Patriots. We all know how that ended. Yeah. Adams and Terry walk off field goal. Patriots win 20 to 17. Monday morning, 6 a.m., I cracked the mic and the phones didn't stop lighting up for four bleeping hours. <laughs> oh, this no. was back before the text line was there. It was phone call. Oh, and I me, ate it for Four hours well, that day. Did you just a cautionary tale, my friend? Okay, okay, all right. I'll, I'll, I'm I'm going to mentally pro- prepare myself for the for the onslaught I could potentially <laughs> cop on Friday night. J- not just from not just from the listeners, but from you too. <laughs> I, I'll be kind-ish. No, don't be, don't be, don't don't let me off the hook if it happens. If <laughs> if Dallas gets beaten, I deserve I deserve it. <laughs> So hey, hey, listen. You're, you're a fan. You're backing your team. Yeah. No, no disrespect intended there whatsoever. No. Uh, but yeah, you're you're gonna cop it if your boys lose tonight. I know. And there's there's a particular number and here even, that ends in. There's a number here on the text line that ends in six five that loves the banter, loves the banter, and I love it too. I, I love it. it. There's nothing better than having a to and fro. Not just off the text machine, but off the phone call as well. Off the phone line too. I enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, and, and of course, uh, if the Cowboys lose tonight, you know who else, who's going to be insufferable tomorrow? Right around this time period, 
Stephen E. Smith. Uh, yes, I think he's going to come in with a big Cowboys hat, <laughs> i got a feeling, and he might have the boots on too and put them up on the table. Oh, yeah, he, he would be, he'll be insufferable tomorrow if the Buccaneers win tonight. So I, I am looking forward to the game. I think, I think it's going to be a good one. And of course the story is, could it be Tom Brady's final game? Ooh, that's the big is question. Is this the end? Is this the for end? For the GOAT. Well, it could very well be if Dak decides to not throw five intercepts. Yeah, well, it's. It's possible. I mean, you know, we know how good Dallas's defense is when yep. it wants to be. Yep, uh, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. That's definitely so, a fair so we'll point. see. All right, let's. What what game? What, where should we let's, start from? from I the think. Weekend? I think let, let's hit. Let's hit the game of the. This this has to be the. Well, geez, we've had. They've almost all been games of the round of the wild card round. Let's go Jaguars. And, let's go Jaguars and Chargers because let, let me just paint the picture for you here. This game, I mean, I, I had this was done, it was over, it was finished. The Jaguars, the Jaguars were finished. Trevor Lawrence was going to be run out of town. He'd thrown four intercepts. He looked completely out of his depth. And then just just tell the audience what happened after that, Chris, because it was one of the greatest comebacks we've seen in playoff history. Well, let's start. Let's start before we even dive into the game. You weren't the only one who was saying it was over. Okay. At 27 nothing in the second quarter, I was like, I almost turned the game off at that point. Yeah. I'm like, no, I kind of need to watch it. You know, I, I do have obligations. I do have responsibilities to the audience. So I, I should keep watching it. Everybody thought it was over, I, including a guy who, on, on the live money line at, on DraftKings on Saturday night, that $1.4 million on the Chargers money line when it was 27 nothing Made the bet at 7.31 oh, p.m. Wow. Saturday wow. 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 Actually, you did show me that. The odds, the odds the better got were minus 12,500. So let me translate that for you. That $1.4 million that this, this better wagered, would win a net profit of $11,200. Let's just say he won't be I don't let's just say he's not going to be um telling the waiter or the waitress to keep the change in the morning. No. Uh I would be I would be sick. Yeah. And and that is a massive understatement. As always, please gamble responsibly. Do not follow this guy's example. Yes. Yes. His, you know, uh, you know and, and this is proof that there is no sure thing when it comes to betting, when it comes to sports. All right? This is as close to a sure thing as it was. Chargers beating Jacksonville when you're up 27 to nothing. Because for Jacksonville to come back in that game Saturday night, all they had to do was manage the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. Yeah, that's all. Nothing much. And that's exactly what went down. No, yeah, no, yeah. The the only two the only two other ones I, I I can I know the one off the top of my head. The number one one that was Buffalo against Houston in in the ninety three mm-hmm. AFC Wild Card game, January mm-hmm. nineteen ninety three, when Houston led thirty five three. And the Bills came back 141-38 in overtime. 
I can't think of it. Oh, the second biggest one. That was about 10 years ago when the Colts came back from 28 down at home against Kansas City. Right. Yeah, that, that was the second biggest one. Yeah, and and the thing is, I don't think anybody would have tipped. You, you can understand if a, a a Super Bowl or a fully fledged Super Bowl team is able to produce something like this. You know, Jacksonville probably not considered that, but by golly, Trevor Lawrence, geez, what a what a way to step up and show show your strength in in what was a serious case of adversity. Yeah, and how great! I and and Trevor Lawrence couldn't have looked any worse than he did on Saturday night oh, in look, the first half. The first 20 minutes of that game could not have he, – he was awful. He threw four interceptions. Jacksonville had five turnovers. They were negative five in the turnover differential last night or on Saturday night, and they still wound up winning that game. Because I'll tell you, Doug Peterson – Doug Peterson's got a Super Bowl for a reason. He never looks flustered. All right, even at 27 nothing, he was still saying to his team, play your game. Mm-hmm. We've had some bad luck. We've had inter- Trevor's thrown interceptions. We're still going to run the football. We are still going to run our game plan. We are not going to panic. I went, and it, it was 27 nothing, 425 to go first half when, when Cameron Dicker hit a chip shot 23 yard field goal. Uh, to get to 27 nothing, and, and that was a huge sequence there because you know, the, de- the Jacksonville defense stood up. They had so many short fields because of the interceptions that turned into points. They finally make a stop, force the field goal, at, and Jacksonville gets the ball back, and then they finally get that offense clicking. Okay? Have a drive late in the first half in the two-minute drill, Evan Ingram gets a nine-yard touchdown pass from Lawrence, gets him on the board with 24 seconds left in the first half, 27-7. That's where you see that the momentum really started to flip at that point. They get on the board. They've got that touchdown going into halftime. Come out, force a punt from from the Chargers, and then 14-play, 89-yard drive, worked seven minutes off the clock, worked half the quarter off the clock, that is a patient drive, mm. and, and I'm I'm counting down the plays here. Fourteen play drive. One, two, three, four. I'm counting up the plays here. I half the plays almost were run plays. They were patient. They did, like I said, they did not panic, and they cashed it in for a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's twenty-seven fourteen. And you're like, holy crap, this may actually be a game. Chargers answer with a field goal. It's a 30-14. to 14. Jacksonville gets a touchdown, misses the extra point, 30-20. to 20. And, and you're starting to run out of time at this point. Two key plays, though, all right, from, from, the, from the end of this game. Uh, you had the, the touchdown that brought it to 30 to 26 with yep. how much time? Five and a half left in the fourth. Yes. Quarter. Okay. That, you know, uh, that's the second biggest play of the game. Not because specifically of that, of that, but what happened in the aftermath, because Joey Bosa. Oh, I was just going to ask you about this. Freaking. Oh. Joey Bosa lost his freaking mind. And 
ask your question specifically. I got an idea of what your question is going to be. Well, what I mean, what what was all that about? Everything had been going. Everything was under control for the Chargers, and it was just this was the this was the perfect perfect way to describe what was going on in this game. Jacksonville had momentum and composure. Composure in big moments. And Joey Bosa just decides mm-hmm. he's going to explode. He, he, he takes his helmet off. He spikes it in front of the referees. He he, he, he just he imploded. He imploded. And, and effectively, I mean, look, you, you can't pin it on one person. But, you know, that those type of moments, I mean, it, it costs your team. It, it did. but And here's the reason he blew up. Here's the situation. It's a, it's a second of goal at the Charger 9. Jacksonville with a ball, about five and a half to go. Yep. Uh, Lawrence is in the shotgun. And Joey Bosa, he's lined up, he's, the, he's the left edge rusher, lined up against the right tackle. And if you watch the play, and I saw this real time when the play was happening live, and it looked like the right tackle moved before the ball was snapped. Mm-hmm. And that's what Joey Bosa was, was remonstrating to the ref about, is that he jumped, he jumped. That's a false start. That's a dead play. Yep. And the, the refs didn't blow the whistle. They let the play. It was very close, but I think the right tackle jumped, as you would when you're lined up one-on-one against Joey Bosa. I think he was also complaining he got held a little bit, too, but they hold on every play. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing you can do about that. Correct. But it winds up being a touchdown. Both is pissed because he thought it was either A, a false start, or B, a hold. Uh, but more than likely, it was a false. He's arguing about a false start. It should have been a dead play. Referee doesn't call it, doesn't flag it, and Bosa takes his helmet off, slams it on the ground. Here comes the yellow hanky. That's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Well, on a touchdown, you have the option. Take it on the conversion or take it on the kickoff. Jaguars decide we're going to take the penalty on the conversion because we're going to go for two at this point. This is a ballsy call right here by Doug Peterson. Is it ever? Because you're down four at this point. Extra extra point cuts it to three. You only need a field goal to force overtime. You miss this two-point conversion, you're down four. You got to get a touchdown Mm -hmm. on your next series. All right? Makes it a little more difficult. But the risk-reward, you make this two-point conversion from the one-yard line, you're 30-28. Field goal wins you the game at this point. They do a quarterback sneak. Trevor Lawrence, he's in. It's 30-28. Chargers have to punt. The Jaguars get a chance now with the football to win. And here's the biggest play of the game. And you want to talk about, you want to talk about Levos, Cojones, onions, as the Raftery would say in basketball broadcast. How about this fourth and one play? Fourth and one. Fourth down in a foot from the Charger 41. All right. You're right on the edge of field goal range with a minute and a half left. All right. You're down to two timeouts. You've called a timeout. And you come out in this formation. You've got Trevor Lawrence under center. You got the big uglies up front, and you got a T. You're running a T formation in the backfield where you've got three running backs lined up about three yards behind Trevor Lawrence, side by side. What's the play call? 
what's the play he called when you're seeing that formation? Well, it's got to be a throw, doesn't it? No, it's going to be a quarterback. You, Everybody in the building knows it's going to be a quarterback sneak where Trevor Lawrence takes the snap. He leans forward. He gets pushed by those three running backs. Yep. All right? Everybody in the building knows it. Everybody in the state, the stands knows it. The Chargers know it because they've got their big uglies lined up over center, basically, and they're crashing the middle of the, the, middle of the line. It's just basically get, was that wasn't get, the play that was called. Get the yard you need because it's the obvious called, play. Yeah. Doug Peterson calls a runoff right end at Travis ATN. And he's got two lead blockers in front of him. It was a it was it was so risky, it was brilliant. Because if that play doesn't work, everybody's gonna say, Well, why the hell did you quarterback sneak it? With a six foot six quarterback on fourth and a foot. Instead, he calls ATN off the right end and he winds up gaining 22, and they wind up in Chippy's field goal range, get to run the clock down, kick the game winning field goal, and say, See you later. Everything we'll see you in Kansas City. Everything that could have gone right in those final moments went right, and everything that could have gone wrong for the Chargers in those final moments went wrong. I mean, it's such a. I mean, as you said, I mean, just based on the probability of of that final or that play, that fourth and one at the 49, I mean, as you said, the QB sneak's clearly the right option. But to set up and, and gain more territory than they – well, not that they expected, but they expected to gain more territory because they knew exactly what type of play they were going to play. And now the, the Chargers got caught – do you think that it was a case, too, of the Chargers – their heads not being in the game for those final moments because of what occurred before with with Joey Bosa? Yeah, I I, I think they've been shell-shocked. Yeah. I think they've been shell-shocked the entire second half, all right? they Their offense was sputtering, and, and you got to put a lot of this on Brandon Staley because his play calling in the second half, uh, I'll be nice and say it was questionable. <laughs> like, like the... The, the their drive right before this final drive that gave the Chargers the, the Jaguars game-winning field goal. Here was their play calling. All right, on this three play, it was a three and out. Here was their play calling. First and ten at the Charger twenty-five, five and a half to go. Justin Herbert got sacked. Why the hell are you calling a pass play? Now, yeah, it runs the clock down when when you get sacked because the clock keeps running. But still, why are you calling a pass on first down when you're up two and need to milk the clock? Exactly. Then your second down play, second and 17, you're calling a pass short right, you gain four. And then third down, a third and 13, you're calling a pass. All right? Three straight plays there on, that, on the Chargers' final offensive drive, they ran pass plays instead of run plays. It, it, it made no sense. It was interesting, too, because I think the run plays in those moments can just wrestle, not wrestle back the momentum, but just calm the tempo of the game down. Get your breath back. Get your heart rate back. Get your head back in the game as well. You can you can assess options. You can assess things in a far better way with your teammates as well. And you're not expending energy as well. Uh, so uh, I agree with your sentiments there with regards to the play calling of the Chargers in that second half and when the Jaguars yeah, had the uh, momentum up. 
I'm honestly a little surprised Brandon Staley didn't have to find his own way home from Jacksonville Saturday night. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised he didn't get fired after that game. He might still have to. There, there's going to be questions about his, his job security answered in the coming days, but I'm surprised they weren't answered Saturday night. And they said, I'm sorry, sir, you're going to need to find your own way home. No, it's a fair point. It's definitely a fair point. Uh, Chris, let's get to a quick little break. Um, on the other side of it, we'll get through the other four games, shall we? We've got, uh, what have we got? 49ers, Seahawks, yep. Bills versus Dolphins, Vikings, Giants, and Bengals, and, uh, and Ravens on the other side of this. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport after this. We'll... Uh, Review the rest of the NFL wildcard round and uh, see what's to come with the Buccaneers and, and Cowboys. Get deeper into the game. I know we had a little bit of a mini preview for it, but um, get stuck into the nitty-gritty of it on the other side of this. Ah, uh, Yes, it's the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport crystal clear through the SEN app and through your digital radio dial. Paul Sebastiani here with you in the SEN studio going up to 3 a.m., Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Final half hour of the program, of course. Uh, our man in the US, uh, he joins us on the line, Chris Perkins, to chat all things US sports. And, uh, well, Chris, we had a um, we had a game between the Bills and Dolphins that uh, many, um, if not us two, thought was going to be um, a blowout. But, uh, boy, this was much closer than, uh, than, a, lot, than a lot anticipated. Yeah, that game had the feel of the, the Jacksonville game on Saturday night because you, you had the Bills jump out to the big lead. They were up 17 nothing, and the Dolphins chipped away at it. They they got they got on track. Josh Allen was a little bit sloppy in the second quarter through a couple of interceptions, allowed Miami to get back into the game, and the Bills weren't exactly overly comfortable in the second half. They had a 10-point lead at one point, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth. Dolphins got it back to within three and then, you know, just couldn't do anything more with it. You you think that that a hundred a two attack of low at a hundred percent in that game yesterday, the Dolphins may have snuck out of there with a win because Skylar Thompson, he wasn't good yesterday in his in his playoff debut. Uh, 18 of 45, that is not a good uh, completion percentage. 220 yards, touchdown, a couple of interceptions. Miami's got to be thinking, man, if only two would have been in there, we might have gotten our first playoff winning since 2000. But it was not to be. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And do do you think if – and the the question that a lot are asking, if – Tua had have played in this game. Could Miami have got? Could could they have got over the line? I, I say yes. Yeah, I, yeah. With Tua in there, I think they could have gotten over the line uh, yesterday. Hang on just a second. I got to take care of just a little bit of business here. My real job stepping in. Yes, on no, this. no, no. You you go do that, Chris. All right, let, we'll take a break. Um, you go do that. I'll I'll, I'll ramp through some uh, some of the other things uh, coming up on the NFL. Go do what you need to do, and um, we'll get to you on the other side, my friend. Uh, Chris is going to take a little break because uh, his actual work is uh, is actually uh, we'll get we'll say getting in the way of uh, of our NFL uh, our NFL preview and review of what's to come. But uh, Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. Uh, it was the Buffalo Bills thirty four. To 31 over the Miami Dolphins. The Bills were uh, double-figure favourites um, in this game. And 
Well, it ended up, uh, well, the Dolphins ended up making a real good fist of it. 34 to 31 in the end, the Bills progressed through. But uh, it's a game I think the Dolphins can keep their heads up with and, and certainly be certainly be proud of, uh, I think, definitely. Uh, the other games that came up to us uh, in the NFL as well, uh, we had the 49ers and the Seahawks go head-to-head. Uh, this was a cracker of a game for at least the first half. The Seahawks made a real good fist of it, 16-17. to 17. They're up, up by a point at the halftime break, but then uh, the 49ers went into overdrive. Brock Purdy just continuing his fine vein of form uh, for the 49ers this season, threw for three touchdowns and 332 yards. And, uh, well, what a performance it was in the second half by the Seahawks. I think Chris is all right to get back on the line. Chris, have we got you? Yep, and you're talking about Brock Purdy in his debut. Oh, yeah, yes. it was a good one. It was indeed. Three touchdowns passing, ran one in as well. Christian McCaffrey doing his thing, 119 yards. Debo, six catches, 33 yard, 133 yards in the touchdown. You, you said it was a game at halftime, and it was. Seattle, mm. they 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 put out a good show, but man, that second half, San Francisco, my goodness what they did in the second half. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular. Uh, especially in the fourth quarter, closeout mm. time. That that was impressive by the Niners. Uh, uh, that is how you close out a game. Uh, if the uh, L.A. Chargers want to take notes, just look at what the Niners did. Yeah, that, I think that the one big That's thing... That's how and, you close out a playoff game. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I really took from this game is that they went into overdrive late, and that was a really... I think that's something that the 49ers fans will, will definitely be excited uh, with. I think I think Dean off the text line, I'm certain he's a 49ers man. Text through, Dean, um, if you are. I think they've um, they've got reason to believe that, uh, well, I know the market and, and the odds are saying that they can definitely go all the way, but that was that was an impressive a second half, an impressive a final period um, I think we could have, could have seen from them. Uh, just before we get into the other games, uh, Chris, there's a, a question that has come through here. Now, Peter in Caboolture up in Queensland. He's a regular here of the uh, the overnight crowd. He always, uh, he always calls and, and texts it. Now, he wanted to know, uh, there, there is a, a team up in uh, your neck of the woods in the USA, uh, the Boston uh, the Boston uh, Aussie Rules team up in uh, up in it. Do you know anything about uh, about them? I uh, don't know about them specifically, okay. but yeah, we do have uh, amateur Aussie rules football clubs around the country. Okay. About 40 of them to be be exact. There you go. In fact, okay. the only, in fact I'll, I'll tell you real quick, grand final night, when, when Collingwood played West Coast a few years ago, grand final, Yes. the, the Nashville uh, footy club, uh, the Nashville Kangaroos, they did kind of a, an intra-squad game okay. uh, on grand final night. So okay. they, they, they played a game at a park in Nashville on, on the on the Friday night leading into a, a grand final watch party that night uh, for Collingwood and West Coast. I, I, I crashed their party the year before. I decided I, I, I was going to do it again, <laughs> but they were having a game, and I actually was a goal umpire. Oh, they, oh were you really? I was. Okay, there we go. Oh, I had no idea. That's fantastic. Yep, 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 yep. So, Love it. In fact, that's the only game of footy I've seen live in my life, in person. Uh, okay, right, yeah. Every, everything else is obviously on, on the television, clearly, and on, on, on the SEN airwaves exactly. as well. 
the SEN airwaves. All right, uh, yeah. let's yeah. let's zip along to the rest of the wildcard games. I think let's take a break, Chris. Uh, on the other side, shall we get into? Uh, we've got the Vikings and Giants, and the Bengals and Ravens. Now, yep. just before we get to the break, I'm going to make you laugh here. The uh, fraud watch was on. We had our eyes on this one, and uh, well, let's uh, let's get into it on the other side of the break and see what happened. Uh, uh, between the Vikings and the Giants. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN. Your high- Yes, it's the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app and through your digital radio dial. Paul Sebastiani here with you. Final 20 minutes of the program uh, here we are going up to 3 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Chris Perkins, our man in the USA, is held uh, on the phone to uh, to review uh, the final two games or the final two games that have been now uh, that were played um, only yesterday. Uh, the uh, Giants and the Vikings and the Bengals versus the Ravens. Let's get into the Giants uh, versus the Vikings, Chris, because uh, while we put the Vikings on fraud watch, we were very, very... Um, very dubious about uh, the particular form that they had shown despite um, coming into the playoffs with a very, very strong win-loss record. But uh, that um, that hollowness in form that we saw throughout the year came to fruition in, in this game against the New York Giants. And it was the Giants 31-24 getting through to the next phase of the playoffs. How did you see this one play out? Well, that 11-0 record in one-score games that the Vikings had this year you, you had a feeling it was unsustainable, mm-hmm. that there was going to be a time they were going to get into a close game, couldn't close the deal. And that's exactly what happened What happened yesterday. Um, Vikings got behind as they are wont to do uh, this season. In fact, I saw this stat. They put this up during the broadcast uh, yesterday. The Vikings in the first three quarters, they had been outscored by 87 points by their opposition this season. All right. In the fourth quarter, they outscored teams by 84. This was a fourth quarter team, and they were down 31-24 midway through the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And you were thinking, okay, we're going to see one more comeback by the Vikings. Yet another comeback. Well, this time they did Giants defense. They held up that that touchdown from Saquon Barkley midway through the fourth. Yep, that held up in the in the the Giants advance on in, in the playoffs. In fact, they're the only road team so far to win a playoff game in, in the first five playoff games. Uh, and they advance on. And, and we get a very tasty matchup next week in the divisional round. We, we get a couple of teams that absolutely positively hate each other, the Eagles and the Giants, next week. That's going to be a cracker. Yeah, next Sunday afternoon well, here, Melbourne time. Advantage. Yeah. Advantage for you as well. Advantage for you and your your Cowboys. If you wind up beating Tampa, you don't have to play Philly next week. That's correct. That is correct. You'd get a trip to San Francisco. That's that's an even big that's a, that's an even bigger game if it uh, if it does come down to that. But uh, the Giants, uh, Chris. I mean, it was Daniel Jones. Uh, we spoke about him off air just during the break. But uh, th- this was a really really solid uh, playoffs debut by this young man. Yeah, not bad for a guy who was who's been written off in some circles mm. coming into this season. I, you know, everybody was saying, a lot of people were saying, 
I mean, he may not be the guy there in New York. Maybe they huh. need to go out quarterback shopping. Yep. Well, yep. They they proven they may have this. They may have their guy in in Daniel Jones now at, at quarterback. Uh, but he was solid. Uh, twenty four thirty five. 301 yards, two touchdown passes. He was also the leading rusher, 17 carries, 78 yards. And I don't think of Daniel Jones as being overly fleet of foot, but but guy's got some moves. Guy can guy can get out of the pocket. He can get himself out of trouble. And, and even on the side quarterback runs, uh, he he's kind of cutting that Josh Allen mold with, with his ability to 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 run at the quarterback position and it's not something you would have thought of but no, it looked great and like I said he was the leading rusher yesterday it's another facet of the game that he has has obviously got to and realized that I've, I've actually got to take advantage of the opportunity when it comes to rush and run and gain yards and territory because it's going to be I mean it's so integral in these in these games as well that when the opportunity arises and you can you can travel with ball in hand you, you've you've got to go you you can't wait um, you know, no, no one's, no one's waiting around for you, giving you free yards. And if you can find them, well, by all means go for it. And it's shown, it's, it's also shown his tactical diversity as well, uh, coming into, into the playoffs too. So another, another young man who I was re- really impre- impressed with, um, from a receiving point of view from the Giants was, um, Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, he, he was, he was fantastic. Eight receives, 105 yards, um, one TD, uh, really liked his game as well. I thought he was impressive. Yeah, eight catches on nine targets. So and the ball was getting to him, and he was making plays. So yeah, great, great job by him. And you know, that's a that's a nice, uh, nice top receiver to have for the for the Giants. Let's see what he does next week though against the Philly defense. That's the big question mark. That is the question mark. Uh, speaking of uh, question marks, the Bengals uh, twenty four to seventeen over the Ravens. Uh, a few little icky moments. Uh, was seventeen apiece coming into the uh, final period, but um, as Joe Burrow does, he stands up when he needs to, um, and they're able to get the job done. Defense sort of coming to the fore late in the game for the Bengals as well. Um, they were able to hang on to the ball and, yeah, it, and get the job done. Yeah, it, it, and, and, you know, defense made the biggest play of the game because yep. uh, what happened was for early fourth quarter, 17-all, Tyler Huntley had been had looked okay, a couple of interceptions, but uh, was able to hang in there and kept the game close. Typical AFC North game between two teams that hate each other. A lot of hitting, a few liberties being taken, uh, tempers flared a little bit. It, mm-hmm. it was a nasty game last night between Baltimore and Cincinnati. But but here here's the key. Here's the key. Third and goal. Ravens have the ball with the Cincinnati one. Looks like they're going to punch it in. They're going to take the lead. And, and Tyler Huntley takes the snap, and it's that quarterback sneak again. Okay, and you you see him take the snap. He picks it up. He jumps. He, he does the Tom Brady thing, stretch it out, try to reach the goal, try to get break the plane. He didn't break the plane. His arms were he was not. He needed to be stretch Armstrong on that play because <laughs> that was a little bit far out. It was like from the yard and a half yard line, uh, and, and Tyler Huntley's arms just weren't long enough. He was getting the push, but you know he got that ball out there and it's exposed. That's the risk you take because what happened. One of the guy, one of the Cincinnati linebackers, slapped the ball out of his hands, 
It goes right to Sam Hubbard. He catches it in his own two, and he is off to the races for a fat guy touchdown. <laughs> 98 yards. And I get to say it's a fat guy touchdown because I'm a fat guy. <laughs> I get to use that phrase. The, the unofficial term we actually, the other unofficial term we have over here for it, it is called a pick six. <laughs> yes, exactly you know, you right. Got the pick six, you got the kick six. It, yeah, the fat guy touchdown has become has become known as the six six. <laughs> but but to see Sam Hubbard, a defensive lineman, rumbling ninety eight yards, and he's not one he's not one of the huge guys. Okay, he's not a defensive tackle. It's three hundred and forty pounds. He he's about he's about two sixty five. He's a speed edge rusher. But still, to see a guy that big rumbling down the field ninety eight yards. For for the go ahead touchdown, it was a four, it was a fourteen point swing because the the Ravens are going to take the ball in for the touchdown. Spot on. Wind up losing it. Not only losing possession, they wind up they wind up giving up the the scooping score the 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 other way for yep. for Cincinnati, and they wind up taking a seven point lead that ultimately. What's the difference? Exactly. Ends, it ends up being that 14-point play, which, as you said, um, has proved pivotal in the end. Uh, all right, Chris, we're going to have to just wrap it up there because we are running out of time. We haven't not going to be able to get into this major league. Actually, just before, maybe in 30 seconds, can you just sum up exactly what's going on with this MLB technology that's that's just been announced or that, that, that there's something going on with the referees? We've got a, a minute to go. Yeah. Yeah, it was last week. Uh, the 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 baseball announced, and it's not in Major League Baseball yet, but it's getting closer. They announced that we're going to have the robot umpires yep. at the top minor league level next year, Triple A. Yeah, that's and what they're going to do is they're they're <laughs> half half the games they're going to actually use the technology to call the balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. The other half of games they're going to do the challenge system, where you got the umpire who makes the call. But if the pitcher doesn't like the call, catcher, the batter doesn't like the call, they have the right to challenge. Kind of like tennis. Yes, like okay? the Hawkeye. They yep. challenge, slap it up on the screen, and, and we'll, we'll see what the call is. Each team will okay. get three challenges. You get to keep the challenge if you're correct. Okay. That's basically what it boils down to. But it's getting closer to Major League Baseball. I think if this works at AAA a couple of years from now, it'll be in the majors. There we go. Um, technology, uh, I mean, it's in nearly every sport now, but uh, creeping its way and seeping its way into into Major League Baseball by the looks of it, um, coming up into next season and, and seasons beyond. But, uh, Chris, always good to chat to you, uh, my friend. Um, Buccaneers, Cowboys, uh, for those NFL fans coming up, uh, 12.15 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Uh, that's a wrap for our American uh, sports segment. Uh, always good to hear from you and uh, enjoy the day and up the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, good, good, yeah, good luck to your boys. We'll see if they send Brady to the retirement home tonight. <laughs> we'll see. We'll be back on the other side of this.